The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the All Rookie Podcast. Today is August 25th and I'm your host, William Harris, a.k.a. William is Bill. Today, I'm joined by my great friend and my arch nemesis, <laughs> David Williams from the Hoopball Grizzlies Podcast. We have done multiple pods together and even the Hoopball Draft Show on YouTube. Make sure you check that out if you haven't seen it. But how are you doing today, Mr. David Williams? Man, I, I've moved to Arch Nemesis. <laughs> so I feel like we got to have a little bit of a backstory with that, right? Like we, we can't just be like, we, we've done a few. And is this uh, is this the second time I've been on the All Rookie Podcast with you or the first? Yeah, I can't even remember, number man. Two, number two. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I, I enjoy it every time. I love it, man. I have the personality that I love to kind of push at people, pick at people, I guess is what you would call it. And so will is a great sport in that. Like I, I worry sometimes I don't ever say anything crazy, but I'm like, man, I hope I'm, I'm not bothering this dude, but I feel like we got a good enough relationship. If I say something that really makes him mad that he's going to let me know. No, no, it's great. We, I think we have the same type of personality. So, you know, you're my guy and you know, you've helped me out with graphics for the all rookie podcast, you know, all type of stuff. So, you know, you're, you're good in my book, David. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, man. Anytime you need graphics, hit me up. I'm, uh, I'm still learning. Got a lot to learn whenever it comes to that stuff, but, uh, I'm willing to put the time in and, and make it the way you like it, man. Oh yeah. And you helped out Corbin too, uh, with his show and everything. Corbin, from yeah. football, he's, he's great too. So. David's the man. Uh, tell everybody where they can find your pod and check out your social media. Yeah, so th the podcast is pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. If you're listening to this one, whatever app that you're using to listen to the show, you can find my show. Uh, I say my show. It's it's our show. Myself and Isaac Simpson, we cover the Grizzlies for Hootball. It's uh, Hootball Grizzlies is the name of the podcast. Didn't try to get fancy with it or anything. Just search for Hootball Grizzlies podcast. And it should be the first one that pops up um, on social media. We don't have an Instagram for it. We're just on Twitter at Grizz. I'm at DWill2111. And I'll give my guy Isaac a shout out because uh, he does pretty much anything Memphis sports related. Isaac, he's, he's covering. Like he is in the trenches, man, putting in the work. Uh, he's Isaac underscore rivals. So if you're looking for anything, the Memphis Tigers just landed the number one recruit in the nation. Amani Bates just committed to uh, just committed to to Memphis Tigers to play with Coach Penny Hardaway. So that's massive. You know, the, the Memphis media has been going nuts and and the guys on the radio for days in, he's gonna commit on this day, and then somebody leaked it and now it's pushed back. And so the guys that are on the radio are like stabbing their eyes and ears out because it's like how many days do i have to stretch this out <laughs> of is amani bates coming to memphis or not so that's massive man number one recruit in the country number one recruiting class uh for all of college basketball so it's going to be a good year for basketball in memphis for ncaa and for the grizzlies as well 
Right, right. I was going to uh, touch on that at the end of the pod. Is there any other thoughts you have on Imani Bates, or did you cover it all? Um, man, it's going to be interesting. So he, he said, I was reading a little bit, once the announcement was official, he said one of the big selling points was the fact that uh, Penny told him that he wanted him to come and play point guard. And uh, Bates said, I've spent my whole life proving that I can score the ball. Now I get the opportunity to show that I can do something else. And that's going to be interesting because he's not a true point guard, but he's extremely talented. And I think you could look at guys like LeBron James. LeBron is not a true point guard or he was not. He didn't come up as a true point guard, but he's extremely talented and he can handle the point guard duties just fine. So, you know, we're we're definitely miles and miles away from a LeBron James, Imani Bates comparison there. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you know, like a, a guy that's extremely talented, in this case, if you're the number one recruit in the nation, you got that way, you know, you got that title for a reason. It, it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, you know, there's been some questions swirling around Penny and his ability to coach and the fact that the Tigers have not been super successful under him. Uh, so with the number one recruiting class, they've got a lot to prove. So they already they had uh, uh, Jalen Duran and what he was pretty high up there. I can't remember where Jalen was ranked um, as far as recruits, but I, I feel like maybe he was top 10 as well. Uh, I, may, I may be wrong on that. I apologize if I am. But, you know, j- just an outstanding job by uh, Penny and the staff there at Memphis to recruit guys like Duran and like Bates to build yeah. a program. So it's, um, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't watch a ton of college basketball. I will start watching more since they changed the fact that kids can actually get sponsored now and get paid I for their it, image yeah. and likeness because the fact that Reggie Bush does not have his Heisman trophy is ridiculous. And I'm not going to get up on a soapbox right now, but that stuff drove me crazy. I'm like, I'm not giving the NCAA yeah. money when these kids are the reason that people are coming to this game, I'm not going to give the NCAA money, but I can promise you that I will be at the FedEx Forum to watch at least one, probably more than one game with Imani Bates and uh, Jalen Duran playing for the Tigers. Yeah, you know, I think it's really smart that, you know, Memphis went ahead and hired Penny Hardaway because whether he's the greatest coach or not, if you're a young player from high school and you see Penny Hardaway's there or some old coach that you don't know who they are, you're more than likely going to sign with Penny Hardaway. And I just saw he recently um, hired Rasheed Wallace, too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, these teams need to step it up and uh, get some former pros in there because just having them in there alone will bring some attention in top recruits. I'm I'm sure he probably would have went to the G League if Penny Hardaway was not the coach of Memphis. And that you you are probably right, man. I I think a lot of stuff has shifted, you know, like – pop culture has a lot of times like throughout the years dictated things and guys like coach K while kids would go and play for him because of who he is, because of, you know, like just his reputation that, that, you know, they're drawn to him because he's been in the game for so long. He does all of this. You know, that he's a great coach. The fact is a guy that is of that age that he's not going to be in tune with, with, with pop culture whenever it comes to the kids around this age. And and not that Penny's going to be completely, but 
he's going to be a lot closer than those guys. And the fact that he yeah, did yeah. play in the league, you know, you, you've got Penny Hardaway, Rasheed Wallace, and Larry Brown all on this staff here at Memphis, man. There's not a coaching staff in the country that's better than that. There's just not. And that's when you're looking, if you are a guy like Amani Bates, you're looking, okay, who, number one, just because Bates is going to the, going to college this year, I want, I want this to be clear because I was not, I wasn't clear about this. I had to do research. Amani Bates, even though he's going to Memphis this year, he's still not eligible to be drafted in the 22 draft because of his age and his birth date. He's not eligible to be drafted till 23. Oh, wow. So he had to be one of the things that I'm sure, and, and there's no, I don't have any source or anything like that on this, but one of the things that I'm certain it, that, that weighed on his decision was I need to go somewhere that's going to get me ready for the NBA. And he has the talent. He he has all the tools. The odds odds are he probably could go to the NBA right now and have a certain level of success with what he has, with with the skills and the tools that he has. But I don't know that there is anywhere better equipped to get him ready for the NBA right now than the Memphis basketball program. Totally, totally agree with that. Yep, yep. So now, do you want to go into summer league first? or the actual Memphis Grizzlies first? Because I have questions for both to, for you. Man, you're running this ship wherever you want to go. <laughs> wherever, I'm, I'm fine with whatever, man. Well, let's start with, you know, the news that's been going around with your professional team. First of all, you acquired Jared Culver and Juan Hernan Gomez. How do you feel about that transaction? You know, you had Patrick Beverly. You mm-hmm. did all that with the trade. So how do you feel about your team and your roster currently right now? So it's still a little bit of a of a train wreck, to be honest with you. There's still, <laughs> like there's a lot of pieces, and I like that trade. So I'm going to back up a little bit. Before that trade, the Grizzlies had Bledsoe on the roster, right. and I had said multiple times in this offseason, I don't like Bledsoe being on the roster moving into the season, and it wasn't because I. There are a lot of people that are discounting Eric Bledsoe and saying that he's washed and he's not going to be a capable basketball player. I don't feel like he was bought in in New Orleans last year. If you look at last year alone, he did not look like a good basketball player. There there were times where he looked awful. I'll, I'll agree with you on all of those points. But he was a key piece on that Bucks team that got them, you know, a step away from the NBA finals. So I, I don't know that I would say that he's washed. He's going, you, you send him to a good situation in LA where they needed a playmaker because you've got guys like Paul George, you got Kawhi Leonard, which Kawhi is hurt. He's, you know, if he plays, it's going to be into the season, but the Clippers were missing a playmaker outside of Reggie Jackson. And I think Eric Bledsoe is that he's a great defender, but I just didn't, I did not want him on the Grizzlies. I'm going off down a a rabbit trail. I apologize. I didn't want him to play for the Grizzlies. It was nothing against him. So that trade getting Culver, getting Hernan Gomez. I was happy about that trade. Um, and you still have Rondo, right? Yeah. Rondo's still on the roster. I, I, I fully expect him to be somewhere else. I don't think he takes any type of leadership role at this point in his career. I think Rondo wants more rings. And so I, I don't think that he's going to be there. So I like Jarrett Culver. I think that Minnesota cannot spell player development. 
I think I think Carl Anthony Towns was going to be fantastic wherever he went. I think Anthony Edwards was going to be doing exactly what he done last year wherever he went because that's what those guys do. Jarrett Culver was not a guy that was going to come out and just kill it like Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. He's a guy that needed some development, and they were just not able to do that. So this Memphis Grizzlies coaching staff is fantastic from that part of it. Taylor Jenkins and his staff have been really good at developing talent, so I'm interested to see what happens here. But it's also scary because of where the roster is right now. I think before the season starts, man, you have to have more moves happen because to me, if you're looking at it, if you're looking at rotation and the guys that are still on the roster, it comes down to, are you going to let Jarrett Culver have minutes or are you going to let Zaire Williams have minutes? And if you give me that option, it's a no brainer. It's Zaire Williams. You, you moved up to get him at 10 with the hopes that he would be a cornerstone for your franchise, I don't feel like you need to do anything to impede his progress. And, and, and that's just how I see it. Like, how do you feel about it? Do you like, do you think that there is a way that the Grizzlies can have rotation minutes for both of those guys? Well, it's a good point you made. And I do feel, you know, it was a great um, low risk trade to acquire uh, Culver because you didn't have to give up much at all. But, yes, you would have to go ahead and uh, play Zaire those minutes over him. But I will say, you know, leading to my next point, there's been trade rumors about Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson. If those two are moved and not much comes back in return besides picks, Mm -hmm. that would solve that issue. But how do you feel about the trade rumors that's been going around with Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson? I I will say that I don't mind if that. I love Kyle Anderson. Love him. I think that he's a completely underrated basketball player and people that don't watch the Memphis Grizzlies play basketball miss a lot of what he brings to the floor. Kyle Anderson is a very versatile defender. He can guard two through five. In most cases, the five is kind of iffy, but he can guard two through four hands down night in night out. No problem. He can guard some point guards depending on the situation He's not going to be a liability on defense against anybody on the floor. He rebounds well. He playmate, you know, he can grab the ball and run with it. His three-point shooting, he had shot a career high this last year, and I don't have those stats up right now, but I can pull them up. But he made, I would say, he made more threes last year than he had his entire career total. So he he had a pretty big leap last year, and I think Kyle Anderson, he's not a star player, but he is a guy that you can put on a contending roster that could maybe push them over the edge. And and that's that's how I feel about him. But moving forward, as far as his value to the Grizzlies, they need to move him. I, I don't think that he's a player that they re-sign and only because of his age and he's not he's I think he's 27 or 28 right now and so he just doesn't he he doesn't fit the time window for the Grizzlies so get value out of him while you can the Dylan Brooks thing I'm heels in the sand do not trade him unless unless you are packaging him with Kyle to land an all-star caliber player Mm mm-hmm and that is 
there there's been some talks going around between like Grizzlies Twitter and, and members of of Memphis media about Ben Simmons. He's disgruntled in Philly. He hasn't the last I've heard, there's been no communication between Ben Simmons and the Sixers. Joel Embiid has tried to reach out to him. He's not returning any calls. Oh, I didn't hear that. So they're the Grizzlies are in a, in a pretty good spot to make a move for a guy like that. Mm-hmm. And that would be the only way that I'm okay losing Dylan Brooks because Dylan Brooks is the heart and soul of this team. And I think that I don't know that he ever reaches the multi-time all-star level that Ben Simmons is at, but I don't know that getting Ben Simmons back brings you the same type of heart and soul that you get from Dylan Brooks. Yeah, And that's, you know, Dylan Brooks value is probably higher to the Memphis Grizzlies than any other team out there. And that that's just kind of, that's where I'm at with it. And I think Dylan could be valuable anywhere. You look at what he was able right. to do in the in the playoffs and leading up to the playoffs against, you know, Steph Curry and then in the playoffs against Donovan Mitchell, against some of the the best scorers in the league. And you can just go back and watch film on that. You can see what kind of value he brings to a team. So I, I'd really hate to see him go. But if it was something where they're packaging Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson and those three picks for next year for for Ben Simmons, bro, hey, Dylan, you need a ride to the airport. I'm going to come and pick you up. (laughs) I got you, man. I love you. I hate to see you go, but bring him on in. Yeah, and he he is a player that will fit on just about any team. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I I love his game. You know, he kind of has a Russell Westbrook mentality. You know, a lot of Mm -hmm. times it's like, why is he shooting so much? But you know, it's still effective for the team. And, you know, it brings that heart and soul of the team. And he's playing great defense out there. So it's going to be interesting, you know. I I love him on your team, though. So we'll see. A lot of rumors with the Grizz. You know, no one knows if they're done or not with their moves in the offseason. This has been, you guys, craziest offseason I've ever, you know, that I can remember. You agree with that? Yeah, 100%, man. You know, it was – it was a little bit crazy. So heading into the offseason when they moved uh, moved Mark during the season and then traded Mike in the offseason, a little bit crazy there, but not not like this. Not you know, you we knew that the Grizzlies were at a rebuilding point whenever Mark went out the door, and we fully expected for Mike to get traded after that. So yeah. that's uh you know that wasn't all that shocking. There were a lot of moves in, but it wasn't all that shocking. This year, there there have been some, uh, you know, the, the JV trade. Nobody, pretty much nobody, predicted that the Grizzlies were trading up to ten to go get Zaire Williams. So, right. it, it's uh, if if I've learned anything at all, like the, I'm not getting. I would love to have Ben Simmons, but I'm not getting excited about it because if there's any leaks, quote, you know, big air quotes there, it's not coming from this Grizz front office, man. They're so tight lipped about it. True. You know, so that nobody has a clue what they're doing. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. If they give up Dylan Brooks for just picks, I'm going to be pretty upset because I think he's yeah. way more valuable than that. I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, you know, now we've mentioned Zaire Williams a lot. Let's move right along to the summer league. You know, the Grizzlies have some very exciting rookies that they drafted in the first round and some exciting undrafted rookies that joined the summer league as well. 
the big two being Zaire Williams from Stanford, who was the 10th pick overall, and Santi Aldama from Loyola, who went 30th, kind of surprisingly to a lot of people, but, you know, uh, he's really talented. Uh, but they also had Evis Pons from Tennessee, Shaq Buchanan from Murray State, Murray State, <laughs> Olivier Starr, he's a center from Kentucky. Um, those guys, those are three of the undrafted players that stood out for me. Uh, did you check any of their stats and how they were playing in the summer league? And how do you feel now that the summer league is over about your draft selections? Um, so I'll be honest, man. I don't have a ton of, I have stats from the last game where, uh, Saint, uh, Aldama and Zaire played, but I don't have anything on the other guys because in the summer league, I won't say that I don't pay attention to the stats because I'll go and look. If I'm not able to watch the game, I'll go and kind of look at the shooting and stuff like that. But it's it's the summer league, and, and that is, <laughs> you know, th- there have been guys that just murked in the summer league, like destroyed, and then they disappeared whenever it comes down to yeah, it. Sure. So I try not to get too high or too low. In the summer league, you know, if we're talking summer league stats, Desmond Bain is going to win MVP this year, right? He was shooting like 70% from three and averaging 25 a game. So, you know, if he does that, uh, the Grizzlies' new best player is Desmond Bain. But I I did watch all of those guys. And one guy that you didn't mention um, that actually he's got a little bit of steam around here and a lot of talks uh, with the Grizzlies so when they announced the Culver trade, the Grizzlies also announced that they cut Sean McDermott. And that's extremely interesting because he was yeah, the he other two-way. Really he was the other two-way guy. So right now they have Killian Tilly signed a two-way contract and McDermott was the second one. So now they have the free two-way. Um, you would think that that would just, you know, hey, we're going to give that Eve Pons. Here you go. You know, you, you were crazy athletic you showed maybe you've got a little bit of a shot Eve Pons is no doubt about it he is an NBA level defender if he develops any type of reliable shot he deserves to be out there getting rotation minutes and I think that he he flashed enough in the summer league in between Utah and Vegas that the Grizzlies want to see him stick around but I don't know that he is just a shoe-in to get that second uh, uh, two-way contract. Romeo Weems from DePaul is a guy that, that he saw the floor quite a bit, and he played pretty well. So, yeah, he played better in Utah than he did in Vegas. But I, I'm, I'm not completely out on him getting it. Um, Sar, Olivier Saar is a guy that uh, I liked his motor. I like the way he's able to rebound. Um, I've said multiple times, I don't think that Jaron is a true five. I think that Jaron will play small ball five. You'll see Jaron at the five more this year than you have in his career probably. But long-term, I like other guys that are true fives to be a five. Um, so, you know, Olivier Saro is a guy that you could plug in. He, he's a true five if he develops. You know, there, there's still holes in his game. So, um, you know, there's a lot of talent it's going to be interesting to see what happens with those guys. There were talks that uh, Buchanan may have earned himself a two-way contract from a different team, and I hope mm-hmm. that happens for him. And I'm actually okay. Man, the wings are so loaded. I don't really want to see the Grizzlies sign Buchanan to a two-way 
And it's not because I don't have faith in Buchanan, but I would like to see him get a little more opportunity. And because of the guards slash wings that are on the roster, if he signs the two-way with the Grizzlies, I don't think that he sees enough playing time to, to make a difference. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, I really liked how he performed in summer league. And yeah, Evie's Pons, uh, he was the player that was highly touted coming into the draft. He could have went anywhere from mid-second round to undrafted. He went undrafted because he's kind of raw. His potential, you know, is great, like you said, though. Um, great defensive player with upside for more. He's just an undersized big. So that's going to be interesting to see what he does. And then Olivier Saar, yeah, I think he played very well. So if yeah. I was you guys, I would give the two-way to Olivier Saar, but we shall see. Yeah, I like I like Pons more than Sar. Um, I just feel like there's a lot of a lot of holes, and I, I don't really care. Like I won't say that I don't care, but footwork from Sar was something that I was paying attention to in the summer league, and there were plenty of times, um, not so much offensively, but defensively, I saw where he can get himself in trouble. And oh um, yeah, oh yeah. So. Again, it's a two-way. A two-way is a developmental contract anyway. So if you give him the two-way, that's fine. He's still got to develop. But I would much rather see him have a year in the G League to try and develop. And then maybe next year he gets the two-way. Or if the grow, you know, if the growth is enough, see him jump up. But the, the Grizzlies got a lot of young guys. When they executed that last trade, minus Rajon Rondo right now. And again, I I don't see that there's any way that he's actually on this Grizzlies roster whenever it comes to the regular season. So I'm I'm not going to count him in this. They've got nobody over 30. It's all young guys. So, you know, the, the roster heading into next season, there's going to be some spots that guys that are on the roster that are no longer going to be there. And there's going to be some young guys that you may see getting more opportunities. So, True. If if I'm a young guy on this roster, I think that I, I'm pretty happy right now. I was completely surprised by the Killian Tilly thing. I didn't think he would sign another two-way. I was afraid that he was going to be gone. So great job and kudos to Kleiman in the front office for getting him to agree to another two-way. Um, we'll see. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a ton of young, talented guys, and we just get to, to see how they develop. Yeah, speaking of them, you know, we, we got to talk a little more about Zaire Williams, especially, you know, Santi Aldama, great prospect in college, played just decent in the summer league. That's to be expected. But Zaire Williams is the main guy for your draft. Uh, he averaged 12 and a half points and five rebounds in the summer league. Now, when we did the YouTube draft show together, you were a mm -hmm. little bit shocked about the selection of Zaire. Didn't really know what to think. How do you feel now after seeing him in the summer league? Oh, I, I knew exactly what to think. I was mad, bro. Like, <laughs> I didn't want to say I, that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can put me on blast for it. I'm, I'm fine <laughs> with it, man. Like, I was upset that they took him there. And yep. it's, it's crazy. Isaac and I had done a ton of draft stuff this year. And he was a guy very – extremely early on in the off season, one of the other outlets here in Memphis, they talked about him as an upside swing for the Grizzlies. And I go back and I look at his college tape and I'm like, bro, you can swing it upside, but I don't know that he has shown anything at Stanford to make you think that there's enough upside there to take that swing. And 
I, I feel like a massive hypocrite because when we were talking about the Grizzlies picking at 17, Chris Duarte out of Oregon was Isaac's number one guy for good reason. Duarte is going to be a stud in the league. He was just a little bit older. He fit the mold of everything that the Grizzlies had targeted in previous drafts. So, you know, if they stay at 17, Duarte's there, which turns out he he would not have been there at 17. But that I was like, I was against it. And not because I didn't like Duarte, but because I wanted them to take a swing at upside. I wanted them to take a younger guy and let this coaching staff develop him. And that's exactly what they done. And when it happened, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> and so it's like, I wanted them to do this and then they done it, but it wasn't the guy that I wanted them to take the swing on. And the biggest part of that is I fell in love with Boke Knight from UConn very early watching film and, and what he was able to do, manipulating defenses, his ability to shoot the ball the way he, you didn't see him without the ball a ton, but there were a few clips where you could find where he was cutting without the ball the way he was able to slash, there were a lot of things from Boke Knight that I loved about his game. Still still do. I hate that he is uh, with the Hornets. I don't like you for that. But <laughs> he was the guy. He, he was like, if I could handpick anybody in this draft for the Grizzlies, outside of the top three, obviously, that was the guy that I wanted. And when they trade up to 10, I'm like, okay, they've got a small chance of him getting there. Right. And, th- and then the Kings took Davion Mitchell at nine. And I'm like, yes, yeah, let's go. Because you, you've got Moses Moody out of Arkansas and you've got Bogdan. I'm like, bro, I'm good with either one of these guys. And then here we get Zaire Williams and all the questions and everything that I had about him have diminished since then. Do I think that like he's a, am am I convinced that he's a home run? I'm not, I'm not convinced that he's a home run, but if you spend five minutes listening to this kid talk and and the way that he presents himself, his smile is infectious. He says all of the right things. And and I get that to a certain extent, that's kind of what you expect, right? That's what, what we're supposed to do, but you don't always see that. And so he sold me on him, he himself, his summer league play. He was inefficient, made bad decisions, did not look like a top 10 pick. Like, let's just be completely honest. He did not, but I have complete faith in this front office and coaching staff. And as a Grizzlies fan, that's, that's huge to say, because for a long time, you could not say that you had faith in this front office you can say that and legitimately mean it now. So that that's huge. So I, I think that he is going to fit in great with this team. I, I love, you know, you saw, and I can't remember, was it Shaq that threw him the oop? There, there was one, he had one oop that was pretty flashy in summer league, and I can't remember who tossed it to him. But, you know, he, he just, like, guided through there, looked fantastic. And then the more that I went back and started digging into the stuff that he dealt with in college, you know, Stanford not playing at home, he lost two family members. And one of the family members was an extremely close family member to him. You know, 
there's always more to the story. And so one thing that I learned about the, you know, about the whole draft process this year. And if you're a draft guy, you're listening to this show. I think for me in life, I've learned to like take other people's experience and try to learn from them as well. Because as I've, I've not been getting into the draft stuff super long. Like I know some of you guys have been doing it for 10, 20, you know, plus years. And so maybe you already know this, but try to remove yourself from falling in love with a player and look at, but you have to be able to look at things outside of just basketball, right? There there's all, there's outside factors. And that's one thing that I realized I was not doing this year. I didn't, I, I was looking on solely basketball at Stanford and not paying attention to his athletic ability and how fast he is like that dude can fly. There was, um, Santi Aldama got a rebound in the summer league and he, he pulled it down and he starts going up the floor. Zaire Williams was down in the corner away from the rebound. And there were like, four or five guys out in front of him and he just turned on the jets and he boom behind the defense and what looked like two steps, man. So, so, you know, like he, he is crazy fast up and down the floor and that type of speed and athleticism with John Morant and his ability to pass the ball as court fit. It's going to be crazy. There, There were already at least one play, at least one time a game when you were watching the Grizzlies, the John Morant would do something that would just have you in awe and now that, that you have a guy like him, I feel like it's going to happen multiple times a game, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, I do feel Zaire was the perfect pick for you guys. It was either him or Trey Murphy for me um, because James Booknight would have been great, but you have um, Desmond Bain. And I could tell you yeah. guys really believed in him. And I think that would have been a, a bit of a clog there. So mm-hmm. with the upside of Zaire, I do think you, you guys swung court offenses. And knowing your team, I think it will pan out. Even if it doesn't, he will be a good player, you know. But if it works out, you have a chance at an all-star. And like I said, you know, it's hard to get all-stars and free agents to come to Memphis. So I think they swung court offenses and tried to draft one. I'm going to need you to not say them. Memphis like that. I didn't like that tone, <laughs> sir. That's not okay. <laughs> no, but, no, but, but it know. is small market teams. It's very tough yeah. to attract all stars. You're right. I know all about that here in North Carolina, so <laughs> I can't judge too much. So I've I've got a question, man, and, and I can't remember if I've asked you this before, but the term bust gets thrown around a lot whenever we're talking about prospects and I, and I'm guilty. So I'm, I'm going to say we, because I've done it as well, but what is, what is a bust to you? So Zaire Williams, let's even, let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about a guy like Ricky Rubio and we're going to ignore the fact that Steph Curry was drafted after him. We're not going to talk about that. Ricky Rubio if I'm not mistaken, he was taken. It was either fifth or sixth overall. Mm-hmm. Him and Johnny Flynn. So, is Ricky Rubio being a top, uh, being a lottery pick? Let's just say lottery. Ricky Rubio being a lottery pick with the career that he's had, is that a bust to you? Definitely not. I I think 
there are few and far in between when they are, when you consider this one a bust. I think you're a bust when you yourself do not do everything you can to be great. So like I don't really say someone's a bust even if they're injured all the time either because that's not their fault. But if they just had the talent, didn't do everything they could to you know develop and become great, were more concerned with off the court, you know all that glory, you're a bust. But for the most part, uh, you know, it's normally not the player's fault. It's the team shouldn't have picked them that high or, you know, something like that. So it, I, don't, I don't really throw around that term bust that often. Okay. And if you're one of the few that, that doesn't, man, I, I applaud you. It, it's tough because I, I think a lot of times we just fall into that's a common use term that people understand. It is. It is. Yeah. And it, to me, it's just, it's used entirely too loose. There's, you know, um, I talk with Lyle from the Pelicans podcast about Zion Williams, uh, Williamson. And, and I'm like, man, the bar that is set for that kid is so ridiculously high. I can't imagine the amount of pressure that it's putting on him. All right. You know, maybe he's able to separate himself from that and be like, you know, I don't care how high they set the bar for me. I have a bar set for myself and that's, that's what I'm shooting for. I want to get over this bar, but I, I think a lot of times as, as draft people, as members of the media, the bar for some of these kids is set insanely high. And, uh, and I hate it because, because, you know, like if Zion Williamson has a career, like not, not injury wise, but numbers wise, like Blake Griffin, is he a bust because he was the number one overall pick? And to me, if he plays a career like Blake Griffin and, you know, Blake had some fantastic years in, in Los Angeles, injuries have always kind of plagued him a little bit, but I, I wouldn't say that he's a bust. But right. a lot of people would because that bar was set so high for him. Well, I think, like, people also just love to tear down people, especially on Twitter. So, you know, we're not going to worry about all the haters right now. <laughs> Because that's what the world is kind of filled with right now. People, they'll build you up to tear you down. So, you know, hopefully everyone in this draft class, you know, thrives and, you know, develops. And, you know, it seems like we have a great group of guys that are all, you know, willing to learn. No one is, no one really has the big head, you know, even though we see <laughs> Jalen Green with all his flashiness. But, you know, I think this, we got a good crop of rookies here. Speaking of that, what other rookies, uh, stand out to you that may have impressed you in summer league and have you looking a little envious at <laughs> uh davion mitchell is the first one that comes to mind um, yeah, I, I knew i knew what he was offensively or not off I, defensively uh, he really surprised me on the offensive end of the floor again it, it's just summer league so you can't really buy into that a ton but he was able to show off some things that I didn't know that he had in his bag. And, and some of that is, is my fault for not watching college basketball. And I, I talked about that a little bit earlier, um, but I, I'm not ready to eat my words on him yet. I, I think that he is, um, I think that he's a guy that is going to be a long time NBA player because of his defensive ability. You know, I think at worst he's a Patrick Beverly, right? Like, just a great defensive stopper, uh, maybe a little inconsistent on the offensive end of the floor. But if that offense continues to click the way that it did in the summer league, dear Lord, look out. You know, there's no telling where this yeah. kid can go. So it's um, 
you know, he got a lot of uh, Donovan Mitchell comparisons headed into the draft. And I, I got to be honest with you, man, if, if his offense takes off, if he continues to, you know, score the ball the way he did in the summer league, I think that Donovan Mitchell is a little bit too low of a bar for him because defensively, I think that he's already better than Donovan Mitchell. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I remember before the draft, I was saying his offensive game is kind of like Donovan Mitchell and someone said, yeah, and his defensive game is kind of like Marcus Smart. So, I mean, you have that type of combination. I mean, that's just incredible. That's an all-star player, dude. That's, that's, oh, a, definitely. that's a franchise I, player. I wish he wouldn't have went to the Kings because of the way that back uh, front court, back court is. Um, but we'll see how that pans out. Um, Do you you anyway, can play Halliburton at the three, honestly. Thanks, so. Yeah, I well, think, Hill, you know, what are we going to do with Buddy Hill and Harrison Barnes? I mean, Harrison Barnes is 700 years old, so he's going to <laughs> he, he's going to be gone somewhere else. Like I, I think Harrison Barnes is not long term. In the short term, those guys are going to cause clogs. But the the Kings have shot Buddy Hill before. Um, that the, there's going to be you're you're not going to be able to play Halliburton, Hill. Fox and and Mitchell all at the same time, unless it's a crazy small ball lineup with like with Barnes at the five, but with a guy like Rashawn Holmes at the five, you don't even really need a smaller guy to play at the five because Holmes is so good on the defensive end. Even if they're running small ball, he can still hold his own out there. Um, yeah, th- that's it, it. I don't know. I, I um I can't believe that Walton still has a job there. Honestly, uh, yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> I know why. I know that it's all money, but that that's going to be interesting. And and a stat that I wasn't aware of, Jill pointed it out to me, is that Walton has the second best winning percentage of any coach in Sacramento Kings history. I was not aware wow, that. Uh, that is you know, insane. You know, so we'll see. That's I used to like Luke Walton as a coach. And quickly changed. Like the more that I actually watched him coach, I'm like, okay, I don't know where I what I was seeing, but <laughs> well, it's, it's going to coach uh, the Golden State Warriors. These yeah, days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but any other rookies that may have been drafted after ten that you could have had impress you, or that's um, man, Trey Murphy played well for the Pelicans. I, I think that if you're a Pelicans fan, you got to be happy with that. And also, the Atlanta freaking Hawks, dude. Yeah. What, like, how? How did you, you're saying, <laughs> what was it? Was it 20 and 48? Eight, yeah. 48, yeah. How do you sit there at 20 and 48 and you walk away from the draft? I, it blows two my top mind. 20 guys. <laughs> blows yeah. my mind. So they're, if Atlanta is serious about competing for a championship, they've got the young pieces to go out and get, you know, th- there's everybody and their brother, every young team that is like a piece away from a championship. Once Bradley bill, there's not a team in the league that is better equipped to go and get Bradley bill than the Atlanta Hawks. I totally agree. And, uh, you know, after, um, all the trades of Westbrook and everything, it's, Interesting to me that they say Bradley Bill still still wants to be there. I mean, that's kind of crazy to me, but we will see how long that lasts. But yeah, you give me uh, Cam uh, Reddish and a couple other guys, DeAndre Hunter, 
I'm thinking about trading for Allie Bill myself because you know you're not going anywhere right now, and you'll get yeah. draft picks. But yeah, it's it's gonna be an interesting season. You know, it's it's I gotta have you back on the show again. Great to have you on. Uh, tell everybody again what's your Twitter page? Yeah, man. So I, I am. Yep, yeah, I got you. I'm at dwell two one one one. The show uh, is at Hootball Grizz. You can find us on any where that you get podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, what the Dash Radio, uh, anywhere, iTunes, <laughs> yeah, everywhere, anywhere that you can get a a podcast, you can find us. So, man, I, I appreciate you having me on. It's always fun. I feel like I rambled a lot today, but I I enjoyed. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, Great to have you on, even though you guys have never had me on your show. You know, it's okay. Hey, listen, we we are going no, to no do a man. show. <laughs> we're going to do a show this weekend talking about trades and stuff like that. But uh, we're going to get into draft review stuff. And, and I definitely want to have you on the show. I've been talking to Isaac about that. So we'll, we'll get you on um, next week is my on call. But we'll, we'll get you on there, man, for sure, 100%. All right, you better. No, but uh, I was thinking about getting Isaac on. But I said, I got to get you back on first because I had you on before the draft. I want to hear your take on the Grizz after the draft. So thank you again for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the All Rookie Podcast. If you like it, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend to tell a friend. And I'm out of here. We're out of here. <laughs> Catch you next time. Peace. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.